This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to the preview podcast to look ahead to Liverpool's lunchtime kickoff at Leicester City. I'm your host, Paul Wheelock, and I'm joined as ever by our full-time Liverpool FC correspondent, James Pearce. James gives us the latest from inside the Reds' camp as Jurgen Klopp's side look to make it four wins from four and maintain their position at the top of the Premier League. You'll then hear from another James, James Sharp, who is the Leicester City correspondent for the Leicester Mercury newspaper. That James talks Leicester's start to the season, why selling Riyad Mahrez is no bad thing, the loss of Jamie Vardy and how Danny Ward is settling in after his summer move from Liverpool. You'll then hear some of the highlights from Jurgen Klopp's pre-match press conference. But firstly, let's kick off with my chat with James Pearce. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi James, thanks for joining me. Uh, you've been to see Jurgen Klopp today. How are Liverpool looking going into the Leicester game? Yeah, I think you could tell that the Liverpool manager had, had, had thoroughly have enjoyed having a full week to prepare for this one. I think um, you know it'd be the it'd be the first time it would be the final time for a long time that he uh, that, that he has that. You know, he talked about having three really intensive training days at Melwood. Um, obviously, a couple of days of recovery after the win over Brighton, and then obviously tailoring it down a bit prior to the visit to um, to Leicester. But, uh, yeah, you got the impression that he'd, he'd managed to get a lot done this week. Um, you know, he didn't leave anyone in, under any illusions about... He, he was less than impressed with the way Liverpool performed generally, especially in the second half against Brighton last week, and just how much room for improvement there was. And I think he you know, he expects to see the results of that um, come, come Saturday at the, at the King Power, because certainly... So after the international break, it will be you know, very different in terms of the preparations for what's going to be a, a gruelling uh, September. With you know, I think you look at it and you, what is it? Games against Tottenham, Southampton, Chelsea, the Champions League game against PSG, chuck into the mix the League Cup tie against Chelsea. I think it, it's five games in the space of fourteen days. So um, yeah, I think uh, you know this, this 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 one Liverpool have had the, the luxury of having a full week to prepare for. Yeah, is it, is it more even more important given those games you just reeled off there that that the Reds go and get three points again on Saturday to keep up this great start? Because to be honest, with, with a schedule like that, this, there is a danger points will be dropped at some point. Yeah, I think I think certainly if Liverpool could go to the King Power and win on Saturday, it would, it would certainly be their, their biggest result of the, of the season so far. I think you know it's been a massively popular, um, positive start. You know, so so much to enjoy. Not. Not in terms of necessarily free-flowing attacking football, but I think more in terms of the, the dogged nature of, of the way that Liverpool have performed, the way they've they've shown a different side to their nature in terms of um, grinding out results and, and certainly the three successive clean sheets. But yeah, I think this you could almost look at the game so far and say you know, West Ham at home, Palace away, Brighton at home. I think I think. Those were three games that, when the fixtures came out, most people would have expected Liverpool to win. I think there would have been a massive disappointment if Liverpool had slipped up in those three. Um, Palace was clearly the, 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 the kind of the trickier of the three, but I think Leicester away is, is a step up in class again. I think um, you know Claude Puel is hardly the most kind of charismatic of <laughs> top flight managers, but you know they've had a decent start to the season. Two wins out of three. Um, you know, Premier League champions not that long ago. They've got a lot of experience in their team, and they're listening to Klopp speak at Melwood on Friday. You could tell that 
you know, this is a this is a dangerous opponent in his mind, and uh, you know, he was he was keen to ensure that uh, the Liverpool didn't take anything for granted. Yeah, I know Liverpool won there last season, but they're never dull. Are there games between Leicester and Liverpool at the King Power? There always seems to be goals or incidents. Yeah, I think you know they're, they're, they have been absolutely action packed. Think back to the you know, Liverpool obviously won three two there in the Premier League last season, having having lost there in the League Cup in the in the same week. Um, you know, I think one boost for Liverpool is the fact they don't have to face Jamie Vardy. Um, you know, of course he's he's suspended, and you know he's a player that's done a lot of damage to Liverpool in in these games. Um, you know, two teams who love to play on the counter attack, especially when Liverpool go away from home. You know, I think you know we've seen the damage that they can they can do to teams when they break with the, the pace and and skill and firepower they've got with the, the front three. And Leicester, are, you know, are quite similar in terms of liking to capitalise in terms of when they win win the ball back and and, and really hurt, really hurt teams. So I think you know it'll be open again. There's no question about that. You know, Leicester aren't going to they're not going to do a Palace. You know the way that Hodgson set Palace up in Liverpool's only other away game was, was very much to try and contain them and, and frustrate them. Um, you know, I, I think it will be more open than that. Leicester will look to commit players forward when they can and, and, and test out this Liverpool rearguard. So certainly, you know, the likes of Virgil Van Dijk and Joe Gomez and, and Allison behind them have, have had plenty of plaudits so far this season. Um, but this this will be another test for them, especially I think set piece wise as well. With you know the threat of Harry Maguire, we saw you know, what he can do from those situations in in the World Cup. You know that's an area that I think Liverpool feel as if they've improved a huge amount in. But um, yeah, this this is this is another another you know the, the bars being raised really. I think on Saturday with uh, with Liverpool going to the King Power. Yeah, a feature of the season so far has been Jurgen Klopp's selection. It's been really consistent, has it? Do you think it'd be more of the same at the King Power on Saturday? Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't see many, if any, changes. I think um, you know, Klopp has made it pretty clear that he almost saw the opening few months, months of the season in, in kind of two very distinctive chunks in terms of the first month before the international break, where he would have. You know, only one game a week to prepare for, and then suddenly the madness of, of mid-September onwards, where you know the Champions League kicks in, the League Cup kicks in, uh, and some really big Premier League games. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if if he if he kept the same you know, for a fourth successive game. I, I suppose I suppose the only the only question is if everyone's fit, is is does he does he decide the time is right to bring in Jordan Henderson? Of course, the you know, the captain has had to settle for a cameo roles in the three games so far you know, basically come on with 20, 22 or 3 minutes to go in each of the three games so far um, so you know, does he decide to, to, to throw Henderson a first start but I think the headache for him then is who is the one that makes way because obviously the natural position for Henderson would be that holding role but Genie Wijnaldum has performed so well there that um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he was loath to, to tinker with that um, so yeah, I think that, that's probably the one dilemma for him going into this one. Does he find room for Henderson, or does um, does he wait until after the uh, the international break? Yeah, just one final one before I let you go, mate. You you mentioned Ronaldo there. You mentioned Gomez early on in the conversation. Are those kind of players being not pleasant surprises, but they their performance has been a really big boost to Liverpool. While you know other players who've been at the World Cup have are coming back. Yeah, I think so because you know. You know it, you know, last season we got used to it being it tended to be the kind of same old 
faces who would who would dominate in terms of the applauds after victories and quite more often than not it was the brilliance of the front three with, with Salamane and Firmino doing the damage and yeah I think it has been different I think the, the, the key to the three wins so far has been other people stepping up um, and making big contributions I think you know you, you kind of rewind to the the eve of the Premier League season and probably a, you know, the, the main concern for Liverpool fans was you know was centre back going to be an area where they were vulnerable you know how was Joe Gomez going to cope with with uh, with lining up alongside Virgil Van Dijk, with with Dejan Lovren having come back from the uh, from his from his you know, uh, impressive World Cup with an injury, and yeah, I think Gomez has probably been arguably the biggest positive so far in terms of how well he's performed. I think you know people have long since touted him as you know as a as a Liverpool centre back and and him having all the the qualities and attributes to flourish in that position, and he certainly showed that so far. Um, and, and similarly, you know, with Wijnaldum, I think very, very underrated outside of Liverpool. I think Liverpool fans have long since appreciated what he brings to the team. But such a versatile player. I think you know, I saw one stat knocking around that no Liverpool player has started more games than Wijnaldum since um, since he joined the club in 2016. And it doesn't surprise me because you know I think when, when the big games come along, you know, more often than not, Klopp finds room for him because. You know, we, we we saw it at times in pre-season. You know, where he he has that ability to to play the attacking midfield role and make a real impact in the final third with his movement and 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 passing and creativity. But he's also shown in the first three games of the Premier League that he's also very accomplished at that that holding midfield role and and being the the starting point for almost every Liverpool attack and. I think it was what was it, seventy-five out of seventy-six passes he completed against Brighton last weekend, and uh, yeah, I think you know he. You, you look at the summer when Liverpool obviously, but they knew they had Gabby Kaito, and then they brought in Flavino as well. You know, in the conversations around that time, you were probably saying, well, you may be fearful when Alden a little bit in terms of where he where exactly he fits in, but you know, he, he's made a mockery of that with his performances so far because. Uh, as it stands at the moment, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. After losing their opening game of the season at Manchester United, Leicester beat Wolves and Southampton before progressing in the Carabao Cup in midweek with a 4-0 win over Fleetwood. But the Foxes will be without Jamie Vardy tomorrow, as the man who has scored seven goals in his last five games against Liverpool is suspended. To see how Leicester will cope without Vardy, and much more else besides, I picked up the phone to James Sharp from the Leicester Mercury. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, I'm now delighted to be joined by James Sharp, the Leicester City correspondent for the Leicester Mercury. James, how are you? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Good. Thanks for having me on. No, absolute pleasure. We've actually got you on, mate, to, to talk the Leicester versus Liverpool game on Saturday lunchtime. There's real optimism at the moment in the Liverpool fan base, given the start of the season. Is that similar with Leicester, though? Um, I, I don't think it's quite as as jubilant as it is with with you guys. The start that you've had and and the, the style of football that you're playing with Leicester, it's a little bit more pleasantly surprised, I think, because. There's a lot of kind of negativity around at the end of last season with, the, with some of the performances and the way their form and dived off a cliff and they, and they missed out on Europe. But then Claude Puel is, has shown over the summer he's brought in his own players and they're now playing like a way that is more there's more of an identity then. There's some young English players 
um, coming through. I know they'd won two out of three. They were a little bit unfortunate to lose at United on the opening day. Um, but then you contrast that with two performances that haven't quite been as good against Wolves and Southampton, but Leicester managed to get three points there. So it's been a, it's been a positive start, but I think there's certainly a lot to work on and also quite a lot of patience needs to be had with this with this young team. Yeah, one of those, the end of last season, which you touched on there, there was, there was murmurs or rumours about Cloud Puel's position. Was he going to be safe or not? Was, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, there was. It, it was certainly, it was, we wouldn't have been surprised had it happened, put it that way. There was, the way Leicester went from being at the start of Puel's reign, uh, playing with some really vibrant, exciting football, they ended up going a bit sideways and it looked a bit boring and fans who have been used to this gung-ho approach that did them so well two seasons ago uh, when they won the title um it was something that they were struggling to get used to and by the end of the season there was a game where they lost at home to West Ham where they were like half the team half the fans had left before the end the rest that were there were just booing selling Claude Poe didn't know what he was doing there was a lap of honor at the end which no one was really there for and there was a real sense of a toxic atmosphere around the place. And had he been sacked then, I think a lot of people would have, well, I think fewer quite were expecting it, but then I think it wouldn't have been a surprise had he, had they relieved him of his duties over the summer. Now, but they, they backed him and backed him with £100 million in the summer. They brought in his players, and I think they've shown that they're going to give him time to build something for the future, which is, I think, what the owners want. If looking at the second half of last season, it seems to be overshadowed looking from the outside a bit by the Riyad Mahrez affair. He obviously went to City in the summer for £60 million. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I think it's I think it's a good thing. And that sounds ridiculous when you consider that he's probably one of the best, if not the well, most, most talented footballer that we've ever seen play for Leicester. The most, you would say, beautiful footballer to have played for Leicester. So to say that you lose him and you're not overly sad. Probably sounds surprising, but if anything, it came as more of a relief. I mean, I wrote a piece at the time saying well, I thought I'd be sadder than this, but in actual fact, you're just pleased that it's it's, it's done with. I mean, there was three transfer windows where there was questions over the head of would he stay, would he go. His departure is him going AWOL last year completely derailed the form and played a big part in Leicester's losing their chance at Europe and the confidence and momentum going so while he's such a majestic player and a great player I think it was right for all parties at that time to move on he will always be remembered for the brilliant things he did but now it is the time for Leicester to move on beyond Riyadh and, and focus on life after him an Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, you, you've kept all the Jamie Vardy, which is, is so crucial. And I'm stating the obvious to say you, you'll be a blow being missing on Saturday against Liverpool. So does it mean a change of approach? Have we seen that in the last couple of games? Or And, and who replaces him? Well, that's the thing, really. I think because it's Liverpool, that makes it really interesting to see what Poel does because... We know he's very hot on keeping more of the ball and playing more possession style. Games against Liverpool in the past would suggest that the counter-attacking approach would be the most profitable for Leicester. But the fact that Vardy is, is suspended kind of makes that approach 
almost impossible to play because he's he's the man that can do that. He's he's that unique footballer. No, no one else is really like him. Where he sits on the end of the on the shoulder of the last striker, makes those runs in behind, and I think it's what is it seven goals in his last five appearances against Liverpool, yeah, which is just ridiculous. It? Yeah. It's ridiculous, yeah. So how Paul approaches it without that quick, pacey, direct striker in his in his armory is is interesting because the other players he can play in that position are Kletchi and Nacho, who isn't the quickest and certainly isn't that direct in your face striker. He's a more kind of um, drops a little bit deeper, tries to link play a bit more, tries to get on the end of stuff as opposed to being running in behind. And then beyond that, you've got Damari Gray, who's basically a winger who Claude Paul thinks can play striker. They're both strikers who would play better, you would imagine, in a more possession-based style, which would probably play into Liverpool's hands a bit more than if Leicester looked to hit them on the counter. Yeah, but without Vardy, we know Morris has obviously gone as well. Who do you think the key men are going to be on on the Saturday? <laughs> uh, the key, the key man who's already shown himself to be crucial to how Leicester will perform this season is James Madison. I mean, he signed for twenty-two million pounds in the summer, could go up to about twenty-four million pounds with add-ons and, and that such like, but. That number 10 role was so crucial to plan how he wants to play. He tried basically everyone there last season, apart from Cashman Schmeichel and Wes Morgan in that number 10 role. He's, he tried Mares there, he tried Ian Atcher there, he tried Diabati there, Gray there, Okazaki there, everyone. But he couldn't find that player who could link the midfield and the attack, the player who drops deep, picks the ball up, turns, looks to move it forward and create things. He signed Madison in the summer and already he's shown that a step up from the Championship to the Premier League isn't too much for him. He, he, so, if Leicester, if he can have a good game for Leicester at the weekend, Leicester have got more of a chance. If Liverpool can can stem his creativity, then then that will really will take away a lot of Leicester's creative force. One player I want to ask you about is uh, he was picked up for praise, particular praise by Jurgen Klopp earlier this afternoon. Uh, we're recording this on Friday uh, for listeners who are listening on Saturday. Ben Chilwell, he's, he's been linked with Liverpool in the past. But Klopp was particularly glowing in his praise. How's he coming on this season? He's coming on a lot, actually. He's a player... It's quite interesting because you'd imagine that a player that's come through the ranks at, at a club would get a lot of a lot of fan support. But he's he's someone who's he's felt the brunt a little bit of that that kind of vocal minority that always spreads around social media of like calling out players. Jillwell's been one that's struggled with that because he's phenomenally attacking. And is is devastating going forward, and he showed that in the Champions League against Atletico Madrid, who when he came off came on for the second half, they just didn't know how to deal with him. And that attacking threat is something that is is really potent for him. Where he has struggled, especially last season, is that defensive awareness and understanding. He's only 21, 22 years old. He's he's still young, so he's still got that part of his game to learn. But for me, look, I think he's a really good prospect because. He's, he links up well with Damari Gray and James, and James Madison. They're all like best mates off the pitch. He's a player that's really coming through and it looks like he's got a huge future ahead of him. He needs a bit of patience, as all young players do. But he's someone that I think is going to have a really big future. But he's also someone that's going to have to have a huge game on Saturday because he's going to be up against Sal- Salah or Mane, isn't he? He's up against two of the best wingers in the world, if not well, in the division, if not the world. So... His 
position is going to be so key at the weekend. He's someone that has improved a lot over the summer and is showing signs of a more rounded player and could be key for Leicester. But he's going to have to, his defensive side is going to have, going to have to be on it to stop Liverpool at the weekend. Danny Ward signed for Leicester from Liverpool in the summer, made his debut in the midweek and right against Fleetwood in the, the AFL Cup and kept a clean sheet. Is there any chance at all he could be playing on Saturday? And what what are his long-term prospects? Has he been signed as the, the long-term replacement for Kasper Schmeichel? Um, long-term, I, I don't know. Leicester were very, very keen on when Leicester were being linked with him and the signing went through. They were... Leicester were very keen to get the message out there that he is not a Casper Schmeichel replacement. He is here as um, as backup to Casper. Leicester had um, Ben Hamer had left the club um, over the summer, even though Leicester had offered him a contract. Leicester always want to have three goalkeepers at the club, so they were one short there, and so they brought in Danny Ward, who uh, is a really top lad. I, I spoke to him a bit in pre-season out in Austria. He seems like he's really. Um, really down-to-earth grounded lad and we, and we had a quite a good chat and he looks like he's, he'll bring a lot to the club character-wise. In terms of the, the, the long-term future, um, I guess that all depends really on on uh, where Casper sees his future and where and how he progresses. Um, from what I saw in pre-season, Ward is, is an excellent keeper and looks um, and looks like he, he could be. He could give Casper some some genuine competition. I think what's interesting is from, from the outside, Leicester fans looked at it and thought, well, why would Ward make that move? Ward's been behind or was behind Carrius and Mignolet and never really got a chance to play. Why would he then come to Leicester and have the same situation? Because while Casper is here, Schmeichel will play because he is the number one. He's the vice-captain. He's the captain when Wes Morgan's not there. He's such a huge influential figure in Leicester's dressing room so whatever he is there Ward will always be playing second fiddle to that whether there's any scope for him in the future regarding Casper's future I don't know um, but he's certainly uh, he's certainly seen as a squad player at the minute as opposed to a first choice What about Ward's former employers Liverpool what have you made to, to them looking from the outside at the start of the season well, they, look, they look superb don't they and I think they've they're, what's this, probably the scariest is not Necessarily, the the um, the force at which they can attack you, because we've seen that we saw that last season to, to huge effect with that front three of Salah and Firmino and Mane, who look like they've got almost a telepathic understanding between the three of them. Well, it, well I think the most imposing thing is that all those those concerns that people had about them at the back, which stopped them from being like genuine title contenders, not having a world class goalkeeper and being a little bit flaky in defence, they've now they've now Klopp seems to have, have have got rid of those issues. You've got Van Dijk in, who people stared at him when he signed him for seventy five million, and yeah, it's a lot of money, but he's already shown now that the influence he's having. And then you've got Alisson in goal, who will save you the points potentially that you were required to win a title. You always see title winning sides have a, have a world class goalkeeper, and I remember how how great. Schmeichel was um, in that title winning season. So now those two issues have been resolved. Liverpool look like a, a more rounded, complete team and can really give City a go. Well, from the outside view, from my point of view, can really give City a go this season to, to push them for the title. That'll be music to uh, Liverpool fans' ears, but in your <laughs> opinion, can Leicester get anything on, on, on Saturday? Um, I, would, I'd be, I would be more confident... Um, 
of saying they can had Vardy been there because of just what he brings to Leicester when they do play a more counter-attacking style. And also his record against Liverpool is just ridiculous and his record against top six teams as a whole is ridiculous. So not having that talisman there is is a blow. And also, well, we touched on Chilwell earlier, but the full-back situation with Daniel Amati and, and Ricardo Pereira not quite knowing who's going to play where... That could be a bit of an issue. I think Leicester could struggle in those wide areas with with Salah and Mane. Um, I think if Madison can get going, Leicester could possibly try and try and get a point. But um, if my head's rolling over my heart on this one, I, I'm I am expecting um, or wouldn't be surprised to see Liverpool um, edge this one at the weekend. Unfortunately, an Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Jurgen Klopp held his pre-match press conference on Friday and the Liverpool manager talked Leicester and the loss of Jamie Vardy, whether making it 12 points from 12s would send out a statement, as well as offering Simon Mignolet advice after the goalkeeper went public on his unhappiness at being Alison Becker's number two. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, Jamie's is uh, what a player he is, and um, he caused pretty much each team problems with his style of play. Actually, with always on the edge, um, going in behind, over shoulder, all that stuff. It's really difficult to defend. Um, you, so that makes him different to nearly all other strikers in the Premier League. So it makes him so special. That's that's good for him. But now he will not play. Though that changed. Of course, a few moments in a game, maybe for Leicester, but Inacio is a very good striker as well. So, um, it's slightly different, of course. Well, we all are different, but um, very, very good. And um, they, they, they changed anyway the, the, the style a bit. So, it's a um, very good team. And you see, OK, we play them, so it's not important that I like it too much. But um, the, the work of Claude Puel obviously now starts paying off. Um, so, that's really, you can see it uh, with Madison. Pereira, Gray, that's an offensive line. Not a lot of not a lot of teams in the Premier League have um, plus then whoever's the striker in, in, in that formation. And so that's that changed the style a bit and um, makes it well, the, the preparation for the game was really interesting because it's uh, it's good football. It's good football, but Leicester's playing. I think they are uh, full of confidence after um, um, Especially the last result, which which always helps, and um, yeah, will be will be difficult for us. It's a um, but how I said we are in a good moment as well, and um, we we don't go, we go there and really try everything, everything to 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 get the result we we deserve at the end. So if we play good, we should, then we, or maybe we can deserve a, a win. And if we play not that good, then it will be difficult. So we have to be at our best. That's the, yeah, that's it. After the game, I don't know. That depends on the game. It's only, it's, it, it, uh, of course, it, it, it would be fantastic. But we don't go for twelve. Um, we go for three, and that's difficult enough, actually. Uh, and uh, the next three, and that's um, yeah. We, we cannot. How could I sit here after the season Leicester played so far and, and, and only have a percentage of an idea that that we will win there for sure? That's not possible. We only will try everything, and um, for that we need to be ready for. For a real fight, they they really have a good side. So in a situation like that, of course, then uh, people talk after Champions League draw. So all which all talk about the same clubs, and then the next match days. But they are they are really good football teams, and Leicester looked to me really good in these first three games. And 
So the message would be we are ready, uh, we were ready so far um, for all these games. That's the message. But um, that doesn't mean anything because then we, the boys go all over the world again. Um, I have big um, travel, uh, big journeys. Um, the Brazilians come from USA uh, midweek before we play Tottenham. So that, that's how it is. We, we cannot, we, have, we want to win that game. We can imagine that. But um, I can't be sure in the moment that it will happen. So no, I have no problem with that. But it doesn't mean for the rest of the season anything. Only we have already 12 of the, I don't know which number we'll have at the end. And then very difficult games are coming up. That's how it is. So. Um, going to Tottenham was never easy and will not be in a moment easy. And um, so that's it. But um, we still try to do to do it at Leicester uh, with all the things we know meanwhile about them. We know, yes, it's possible, but it will be really difficult. In general, um, discussing your, your, your individual problems in public is, is actually... Um, doesn't make too much sense because it's better you speak to each other. That's always... I'm a big believer in that. Uh, but um, yeah, it was it was still okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, of course, it's um, it's actually the the it's a one time, and we are all human beings, and I have no problem with that. And um, but if he would be happy to be a number two, he, he would be completed. Then I wouldn't really know him. So he's a he's a, a top professional, a, a top goalkeeper, and of course he's not happy to be number two, but. At the end, there are worse things in the world than being number two. Um, pretty good paid, by the way, um, as uh, at Liverpool. So um, I have no, I don't. It's absolutely in the first moment you you, you understand decisions or not. Uh, it's always better uh, than to talk to me about that directly than uh, newspapers because in this case I. Matt told me at one point, uh, but um, usually I would not even be get aware of it. So that means then you, you, it's, it makes not too much sense. Uh, if you want to say me something, then <laughs> say it directly. That helps. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back after the Leicester match for the post-game podcast. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.